Imagine you picked up the most important book in the world, a book with words that can transform hearts. Now, imagine when you opened up that book, it was full of highlights and notes in the margin, and so you could see how this book has transformed someone's heart. This is The Notable Podcast. These are discussions where pastors not only take seriously the biblical text, but they share what they've been underlining and highlighting, all of their notes that help them share the world's most important book and how it's transformed their hearts and how it can transform the hearts of the people you know. This is Season 5, Coming Forth as Gold, a reading of the Book of Job. You're about to hear a conversation between John and Tim Borman, twin brothers, both Christian pastors. Tim is a pastor in Queens, New York, and John is a pastor in Aiken, South Carolina. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E podcast.com. Here's John and Tim. I'm recording. Jonathan, these are... These are absolutely, for me at least, and I don't know if they are for you, but for me, um, the days that we're living in, in a sense, are are unprecedented pastorally and for how we want to think about being Christians in the middle of a pandemic. Can you remember anything like this before? No, I had a friend call me up yesterday and we were discussing the same thing. I've been saying the same thing to Melanie, just... Uh, even Eliana, our, our seven-year-old's picking up on on this whole coronavirus thing. She, We were eating lunch together today, and she says, Daddy, if you get coronavirus, I'm going to go like this over here. And she starts covering up her face with her hands. I mean, we're all thinking about this. It's all on our minds. It's all heavy on our hearts. It's a it's a very sobering time where um, you you really can't go anywhere without talking about it and it's and it's gonna impact our lives i mean um i had tickets to the sweet 16 this year um there's no sweet 16 there's no uh, march madness is gonna be different this year it's it really is um there's no baseball i was looking forward to the new york mets i don't know about you i was uh, not <laughs> the, the nhl's gone the sports world has gone dark and um, now in my state, we are um, under an emergency declaration. We, we cannot have mass gatherings above 500. And for gatherings below that, you have to be at half your occupancy. So I saw that been... even, even on Broadway. Like, this is pretty unprecedented mm-hmm. for New York City, right? That the show always goes on. That's a thing. But it's not right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Broadway's ever gone dark before. I wasn't here during 9-11. Maybe it did then. But I, I can't remember a time when um, our city has, has struggled to this extent. Maybe maybe the only exception to that would have been Hurricane Sandy. Those were um, the, the, the our city was um, really humbled in those days. And it really ground to an absolute halt. Um, and this is this is something similar, but what's different, I think, is this almost tangible fear that everyone has about coronavirus. 
how do things feel um, down in South Carolina right now? You, you know, we're, we're behind. We're behind you guys up there in the Northeast. We don't have that, that epicenter like, like you guys do up there. But I sent out an email to my church about um, coronavirus, a, a pastoral note. And it is the largest response I've ever had from the church, people thanking me for that. And I, that tells me a lot about how people in my church are feeling about this right now thanking me for that and and wrestling through with that yeah i mean for sure this is this is a an interesting time and um what what makes it even more interesting is just the diversity of reactions to this including within um worshiping communities and uh some are even making moral claims in in my city at least that it would be wrong and sinful for churches to to gather to worship because we're putting people at risk for contagious diseases. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of the last few days, those kind of calls um, and moral claims about whether it's sinful or not to worship God in under these circumstances um, have really... I've been thinking a lot about that. I want people to know that um, I don't dismiss those kind of thoughts easily. But I did, what I've been doing is spending time just thinking and praying about this. And because I want to guide my church and also God's people to a proper response in the middle of a pandemic. Well, so, and, and, and Timothy, I love... I love how you said that you didn't come to things easily. My my goal in this is to to offer up just a Christian heart. I, I think I have the Holy Spirit. You know how the Apostle Paul says that. I think I have the Holy Spirit too, and and I I'm saying that too. I think I have the Holy Spirit when when we speak on these things, and and yet at the same time we're coming into this humbly, realizing we're trying to put our arms around something that's come at us really pretty quickly and to have a conversation with you about these things I think is important recognizing that people are coming at this from very different perspectives some people are saying it's way overblown um, I can't believe this is happening there's a whole nother segment of people who are saying uh, we need to do all these things we we need to we should maybe do more and um, Sometimes it's not easy to navigate between the two. And, and like you say, these questions are going to come for the church as a whole. And especially because of the main way that we seem to be going after this pandemic is through what everybody's calling social distancing. And um, the Christian faith is a Christian faith that is known for, for gathering. We're a different kind of faith than anything else, you know. Um, you can you can be a different religion and, and just worship by yourself, but, but that's actually not true of Christians. Christians gather. It's it's what we do together. And that's that's what makes these times unprecedented, and and it requires a, a thoughtful response. And and I thought, you know, what what's our going to be our starting point as we think about what is the church's response to a pandemic. 
and a Christian's response to a pandemic. And I hope this doesn't surprise you, Jonathan, but I wanted to start with the word. What is <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> what is what does God's word say about fear? What does God's word say about loving our neighbor? What does God's word say about gathering even under extreme circumstances? And you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about and, and just to help has helped me sort of filter everything that's been coming at, at me as I think about this biblically is I wanted to think about this and other people have led me to this is what is essential? What is essential for Christian life and what is not essential? And this is, this is something that these are terms that our politicians, our leaders, government leaders have been, been using, but I think they're, they're absolutely helpful for the Christian as well. And some of those non-essential things, um, and organizations have have admitted that about themselves. Um, We're not essential. We'll shut, yeah. we'll shut down for right now. Broadway people people don't have to have yeah, Broadway um, to to be alive. You know, you can go you can go on with your life without going to musicals. We don't need baseball. It's sad. You know, I I, I wish I somebody's going to disagree with that. you there. <laughs> yeah, I I know. I um, in basketball, the NBA knows that. We don't need the NBA for life. We can we can go on without March Madness, the NCAA. These are these are organizations that I think helpfully have said we're not essential to your life. We're a great addition when times are different. Um, so non-essential things, and then there's essential things like um, hospitals are essential. Grocery stores are essential. These are these are things. Pharmacies are essential. These are things that um, we cannot go without, and and nobody would nobody would say that. And, and so all of this, as you think about that, what's essential and what's not essential. What I wanted to do is kind of filter that through. What does the scriptures say about Christian worship? And does that fall into what we would call essential to our lives? Um, and so one of the things that helped me I was, as I was thinking about this was, I, I, you know, I've been thinking about this for days already. Um, I asked our AA group, I went downstairs and I had a conversation. I said, are you guys going to continue to hold uh, meetings throughout the pandemic? And the response was immediate. It was it was a hard yes, we're going to. And one man said, we've got people in our meeting that are only 24 hours sober. And I thought, AA, when it thinks about its mission, would say, we're essential to people's lives. If if we're if we cease to gather, the the fear would be people are gonna be at home drinking. Right. So we are essential to people's lives. Does that make sense? Well, ask. So I'm a pastor. You're a pastor. Um, We we lead churches. Would our would our churches put themselves in the categories in our ministries? Would we put ourselves in the categories of. um, A Broadway or a hospital. 
And the metaphors in the scriptures argue strongly for for the latter, even before we look at very explicit descriptive passages of and commands and promises that God has for us about worship, um, we can at least say that we're a hospital for sinners, that that we're doctors for souls, you know. And soul care has to go on. Has to. Right. It has to. And so I wanted to look at what, what do the scriptures say about the the essential or non-essential nature of Christian worship. I thought about the third commandment. Remember the, the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. I, I thought about Hebrews. Let us not give up meeting together as some are that are in the habit of doing. I mean, some Christians long ago, they decided Christian worship's not essential. And so they stopped going. They thought we can worship at home or we can worship online or whatever. And But some Christians make the commitment weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, to say, it's essential to my life that I go and hear the word with fellow Christians and receive the sacrament. And and it seems to me that, yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, it, those commands ha- have not changed. They, God has not changed his commands even a little bit. Um, he's also got many promises when we think about being guided by the word promises of protection, promises that he's going to be with us. Um, Psalm 91, as we go about our ways, you know, at at our church and your church too, we talked about, I just got done preaching a massive sermon about how the word of God is is like bread and it's absolute necessity. Yeah. So you think about Jesus, it's temptation by, by Satan. Um, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word of God. So Jesus is making the claim that the word of God is more essential to people's lives than the bread in the grocery store. Uh, so, you know, I think we as Christians have good reason to to always think that whether in the middle of we're, whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or not, that what we do is absolutely essential to life. And and we're not even talking about just spiritual life. We're going well beyond that. We're talking about spiritual, eternal life here. If and we go I, dark, I we, let, let me put it, uh, let me put it another way. Like imagine a world where Christians go dark right now. They just, they just decide we're going to shut our doors. We're done. We're not going to preach the word right now. Um, what does that say about what we think about ourselves and our own mission and our own necessity? And yeah, we, we could, I mean, the Christian church could label itself as like local gathering, um, distribution of the sacraments. We could say we are, we could put ourselves in the same category as baseball, you know, as the New York Mets or the, that non-essential category you know somebody might say well why can't you do what's essential online well because that that's a lot of people are calling on the church just do just do the online services just do that um even if it means not meeting for two months or what however long this lasts go ahead and do it online what would you what would your response be that that 
some people would say that's the wise, even the moral thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's a great question. I, I can tick off some concerns about it. Uh, one is somebody who doesn't share uh, my view of the third commandment. <laughs> the third commandment is the third commandment. And somebody who doesn't respect that, it's it's hard to have a conversation about, about the fifth commandment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, I, I, I love that people are thinking about the fifth commandment. Um, you shall not murder that, <laughs> that we want to take care of people in their bodies. And I'm glad people are honoring that. Um, I also want to have a conversation about honoring the third commandment and how that intersects and what we can't, I, what I can't do is have a conversation apart from all 10 of them. I can't do that. And so the question then becomes, how can, how can we best how can we best do that? And um, Timothy, maybe I can run it through this filter. Um, and this is me. I'm going to speak. I think we have to speak about this corporately. What are Christians going to do corporately? But I think pastors have to think about this individually, too. Here's what I know about my own life. I know that God has given me a calling to bring the word and the sacrament to people. And I'm going to stand at my post. You know, I'm not, I'm not moving, Timothy. I'm going to be like those guards at Buckingham Palace. I will be there on Sunday at 10 a.m. You know, I'm going to do my job. I'm bringing the word of God to people, just like somebody in the hospital is going to, when somebody shows up who's sick, they're going to, they're going to perform their duties. And I believe that it's my job to love my neighbor as I love myself. And for me as a pastor, I, I, I'm gonna, that means I got to preach the word. God's people have asked mm. me to do that, and God has asked me to do that. And that means I'm going to show up. And if my members get real sick, um, I'm going to visit them in the hospital. I've been called to do that by our dear Lord Jesus himself. And I'm going to bring the word to them every Sunday at 10 a.m., that's essential. You know, and I'm not talking about life groups or, or, you know, other peripheral things, but I'm talking about just the hard third commandment thing where we're showing up and we're weekly gathering and we're helping people rest in the word of God. So I know for me, I'm bringing the word. I'm not going to go dark. Um, whether other people are going to be there with me Two or three. I mean, is I, I I can say for my own family. I'm I I I feel like I can talk about that because I'm I'm the head of my house and and I've talked with my wife about this. But as long as we're not sick, we're going to be there. Now, if you're sick, that's a whole other story. You know, you need to love people by not coming and sharing what you have. But <laughs> if you're well, um, I can speak for my own family, and that's because and we don't have any underlying health issues and things like that we're going to be there and we're going to love people and we're going to share the word of God with people. And as much as other people can be there um, who are healthy and they, they don't have an underlying risk factors. Um, 
I would want them to come too. I would invite them to come and, and be a part of it. Yeah. I, one of the things I've been thinking about, like why, why couldn't we just move everything online is because I really do believe that there's a difference in between physical gathering and online gathering. I, I think online gathering is a poor, uh, a poor, uh, secondary choice and maybe we'll have to go there because there's so many cases surrounding us and and people in our church are sick and you know I'm not saying we wouldn't do that but it wouldn't it's not it wouldn't be our first choice either and the way I think about it simply in this way um, if your mother uh, you know god forbid but if your mother was sick and in the hospital um and you're halfway around the world, would you Skype her? Would you FaceTime her? Or would, would you um, get on a plane and, and go and visit her? And if you're the type of person, because your dear mother's really, really sick, um, or somebody you love is really, really sick, and, and you feel called to go and visit them, I, I'd ask you why. It, and it's simply this, that there is a difference. Um, there's a there's a true difference between being together and skyping, and I don't I'm not even sure if we can really tease out what all the what all the differences are, but they they do matter, and um, the, so the church has always decided that in a in the best case scenario you're going to make a tremendous effort, and people make tremendous efforts to get together. Um, regularly, usually once a week on Sunday, and and so even even in these extreme times, and maybe especially in these extreme times, we're gonna we're gonna try to make that happen. Now, I I just wanted to think about this um, with you, because I wanted to just talk about a wise and loving response to to a pandemic, and we've been talking about this. We want to be guided by the Word and by our faith not by fear, but what are some other things we can think about as Christians and as church um, in these times? Well, I think a lot. I, I want to start, Timothy, by talking about um, what we call at our church vocation. And vocation is the calling that God has given you in life. What are, you could say it like this, what are the jobs that you have? I was, uh, for me, I'm a pastor and I'm going to be a pastor when people are sick. I'm going to visit with them. Um, I'm going to bring the word to people. I shared my commitments to do that. I'm going to be a light in a dark place. Um, so as a pastor, I, I have a calling. Also as a neighbor, I have a calling. The people around me, um, I have a calling. Um, so first of all, I want to, I, I think it's important to talk about what special callings you might have to sick people. I think pastors have, have a unique calling in that regard. I think doctors do. I think nurses do. And I and I call on anybody who's a medical professional right now to um, who's a Christian to hear this as a calling from God and and to go out and do what you have been called to do for the rest of us. We need you to come through. Uh, and I say that because I you know last this was this was um, a week ago now, but I I went out to dinner. Melanie and I went out with some friends, um, my wife Melanie, and and one of our friends is a nurse. And I was talking to her about this, and 
And I said, how are you thinking about this coronavirus thing? You're a medical professional. And, and she says, you know what I'm afraid of is I'm afraid nurses aren't going to show up to work anymore. Mm. Wow. Because they don't want to get sick. And um, the Lord, I'm speaking to Christians now, the Lord would have us perform our callings and trust his yeah. word. Now, not all of us have callings to be doctors and nurses and medical professionals, but those of you who who do, we need you. We need you. It's it's not just medical professionals though. It's 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 uh, it's government leaders. It's it's the police. It's everybody's still. It's everyone who supports medical professionals. Like if people who take care of their kids stop showing up, or teachers in our public schools just decide we're done because I don't want to get sick. And and the and suddenly the kids are at home and the medical professionals can't go to the hospital. The whole thing falls apart. All of us have a vocation and a calling from God. We just we cannot um, for those of us who have that calling to support the response specifically to the coronavirus. And that and, and that could be many different vocations. Um, Even if you have then, a little old lady who lives across the street whose kids live out, yeah, you know, ten states away, you know. We have a calling to her to make sure that she's okay and she's supported, and that's a vocation right. that we have. We can't just yeah, we can't just wash our hands. You know, I, I was watching a, a columnist last night, Timothy, um, and and he made this observation. He says he says in pandemics he he's been reading about pandemics. Uh, columnist by the name of David Brooks, he's been doing a lot of work on this, and he says you know as pandemics go along, it always gets worse. People get more cynical. They get more selfish and hoarding, you know, shut it, disengaging from life. Yep. And they just stop caring about other people. And so this is this is my call. This is my heart that we are called as Christians to love people, whatever that means, wherever you are. We're called to give our lives away. You know, and this, yeah. uh, you know, Timothy. No, the, we should we should be balanced, though, Jonathan. We we also have to say it's okay sometimes too for people to just pull back too. Maybe they don't have that vocation, that supporting vocation, and it would just sort of be better to step back and not be a person that's going to be a carrier, right? Yeah, if you're who, not essential. Who knows that they're carrying it? Yeah. If you're not essential. So it goes back to that essential and non-essential. Yeah. Well, for me, I even think about that, too. Am I going to go to events coming up that I could go to that might be entertaining? I'm not. I'm actually not. I'm going to go to essential events where my presence is is required because of something that I bring to the table. But otherwise, I'm going to be washing my hands. I'm going to be um, participating in, in social distancing. That's that's appropriate. And I'm going to do my best to not get sick myself or my family. Mm -hmm. That's part of the so deal. The, yeah, I, I think an, another part of the wise response is not to joke about this. Like some people really are afraid. I don't think we should mock them for that. It's a reasonable response. I, Timothy, some people I, are are being reckless. You know, they think this is a big joke and that this is a vacation. Like. I'm not sure how how that's a wise and loving response either. It's not helpful. It's not helpful to go on social media and 
make fun of people, taunt people, make a joke of this. This is this is not a joke at all. Mm. And it or or you know laugh at somebody else's fears. I this is deadly serious. Melanie told me about somebody. She was at Lowe's and somebody came in and wanted N95 masks and she was just shaken. She's just shaken. And it was sad, you know, and people are really nervous and anxious. And even if you're not, you praise God for the faith that he's given you, but also have compassion. And instead of um, making fun of people or uh, looking down on them, Share the hope that you have, you know, be a light for them uh, while you're while you can be confident um, because of our our savior, Jesus, you know, in the midst of this. Yeah, I, other things that I've been thinking about, like here at our church, we're going to cancel like what we consider non-essential activities. Like we won't be able to keep teaching English. We we're going to cancel our light, Lent by candlelight, things like that. We're gonna, we're planning to follow like government recommendations. I I think it, we need to really um, trust as much as we can our elected officials right now, um, and and follow the recommendations. So we're gonna do exactly that. We're gonna practice social distancing tomorrow and thin out our seats here at church. We're gonna use best practices to stop transmission. Things are gonna be a lot different. We're gonna explore uh, moving moving some things online. And if things get really, really bad, we'll, we'll move everything online. Um, we're going to have an open forum to, to openly talk about this. I've been reading. I think this is really helpful. The ch- this is not the first time the church has been through a pandemic, not by a long shot. So I read a, a letter that Luther wrote about how to, and I'm going to share this tomorrow, how, how, how a Christian can respond in a pandemic. Really helpful stuff. Um, and, and just to be guided in, by God's word and by our faith in, in coronavirus times. I think in, in closing, Timothy, I, I do want to, uh, I want to give people, Christians, I, I know that there's some Christians who really value God's word gathering together. And yet because of their age or underlying conditions, they, they're thinking it wouldn't be wise to not come to church um, in person. And I think that in a case here, that there's freedom for that and that people should use their, their minds and the best, the best advice. And, and that's not the best case scenario right now, but we, as a pastor, I want to make sure that they're taken care of. And I hope that people are communicating that to me, that that's what they're going to be doing. So I can make sure that they're receiving the sacrament. And so that's, that's one kind of person that I'm thinking about right now. And, and the second uh, kind of person that I'm thinking about right, right now are the people who do want to keep gathering and uh, who, who really need that. I, I read a, uh, even secular people are talking about that, that sometimes the, the cure is, is, um, is worse (laughs) than the disease being worse than the disease. Right. So if you die spiritually um, and yet never get coronavirus, <laughs> right? You know, um, that would be an example of that. C.S. Lewis wrote a piece in the Screwtape Letters about that, that 
one of Satan's tricks is that he gets Christians to think that, you know, gathering in God's word in a pandemic is, is not essential. And then you just kind of internalize that, like, oh, I don't need to do this. And, and then sure enough, he's, he's got you hook, line and sinker. So I, I, I think about that. Um, I think about how encouraging it is when even Jesus said two or three gather together in his name. And, and when we do gather together in these times, how encouraging we can be with each other. But finally, uh, away from the gathering. Look who showed up. Yeah, I know. It's exciting. Like, wow, that's, I remember, this is totally different thing, but I remember we had this vicious snowstorm when I was a pastor back in Wisconsin, like six people showed up. It was like a foot of snow. It was just amazing. Like nobody could get out of the parking lot. I walked home that night. Um, It was so bad. But it was also, there was something incredibly special about that. Like, wow, we all wanted to receive God's word together. And there was like six of us in this congregation of like 1100 people, but here we were like, it was awesome. And I'll never forget that. It was really encouraging in a really um, surprising kind of way. Um, And then the last thing is, um, talk about gathering. I wanna talk about going for a second right now. Timothy, I think that there are going to be unprecedented opportunities for us to share our faith in the coming days. I saw, um, now I'm not saying, I, I have no idea, I, I, I really don't, but I saw this incredible video on Italy, um, coming out of Italy, where all these people are really tightly quarantined in Northern Italy, and there's this video of all these Italians in their houses on their, on their little balconies, and, they're, and they have this incredible um, community moment where they're all singing together, and it's just, it's just this heartwarming thing, and it made me think about all of the ways in which we're going to interact with our neighbors. Um, it's, it's, if, if life continues to slow down and we kind of get stopped cold in our tracks, um, we may or may not here in Aiken County, but we'll see. But if we do, there's going to be incredible opportunities to connect to people on a deep level and um, probably in interesting ways. And, and my, my encouragement to all of us is for us to, to, use those opportunities for for the sake of the gospel. Um, we can talk about things that really matter because uh, life and suffering and maybe in some cases death is going to come into our lives um, unexpectedly perhaps. And But we have Jesus and we have life and we have hope and we have light to share. And um, that's really on my heart right now. How can we do that as a church in a loving, thoughtful, wise way? Yeah, these are, and there's so much room for Christians to think about these things. And one, I, I love everything that you just said. And I I want to look to what Christians have done in the past too, and and how they've gone through these things. I maybe one final thought is when. Christians have always thought that that Christian worship and um, Christian ministry is absolutely essential, and, and these we're going to have to look look at that again as we go forward. Somebody said this to me, and, and and maybe it's worth thinking about. Is you know we think about the early Christians and what they risked to come together to worship, and and they did that because their their minds were on heavenly things. Like this is. 
this is they needed to do that and and so they risk um amazing persecution and death to be able to do that i'm not saying that we should do that here during the coronavirus but i i think it does show us just how how much christians have always valued um christian ministry i you know timothy i i'm with you i this is a moment unprecedented in at least in my lifetime like the spirituality of this moment the anxiety the fear the darkness of this moment where the world the modern world that i've always known is sort of rumbling to a halt and in my heart i always knew that that could happen you know people have all these apocalyptic scenarios or whatever this could happen that could happen everything will change but it never has you know in at least in my lifetime not really not truly and we stare at this moment and and this this is different you know my the school district my daughter goes to won't stop calling i mean they're just calling with coronavirus updates all the time let's ne- never faced anything like this and clearly um it seems like um the school district has it either um and i i think that this is a chance for us christians to realize um and help the world realize that we are utterly dependent on our god utterly dependent he's, on our he's god. humbling us he's humbling us this is a moment he's quieting of us down deep repentance for us i i had this prayer this prayer of the church written up for my church i scrapped it i wrote a whole new one and tomorrow at my church i and i did this partly because i had a friend one of one of the members from my church we just called and talking about this and and he wanted his comment to me was i can't wait to come to church and pray and and i just i i, I thought i gotta rewrite i had some stuff in there about coronavirus and then i thought you know what i gotta rewrite this prayer i gotta make it i gotta make it all about this moment this moment in our lives this context we're all in where we can gather up and be the church and and just pray together and and repent together and and um beseech god for his mercy because we are dependent on him and Mm. so i think gathering up you know we've talked about some of the practical stuff but you know all of us in our hearts to gather this up together almost like (laughs) like one of those beautiful old testament prayers where we just come to god and we say lord i i i get it our we've done this to ourselves we've sinned and we've gone away from you and we can hear the coronavirus as as a chance for us to just say sorry to god because we're the ones who brought the curse and the death down on ourselves it's our fault and repenting i'm not blaming anybody for the coronavirus per se um i'm I'm just talking about sin in general and for us to go to god and just repent and receive his mercy through jesus christ and help other people do that too Thanks for listening to The Notable Podcast. Check out our other seasons to hear other people sharing their notes and highlights. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. 
That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E podcast.com. Thanks for listening.